What is up, P7 family? We are so stoked that you have joined us for this podcast. We know that you're going to be inspired not just through our words, but through the word of God. We're excited to have DJ Hill, the UPCI Youth Ministries Director of Promotions for this podcast. So grab a pen, grab some paper, write down some things that he says. He's getting ready to bring the heat. So check it out. God, thank you so much for the Zoom call. Thank you for every person that has decided to be a part. I just pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, and we would hear what you have to say to us. And God, we would we would equip and use it to equip us as we reach people with your gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to introduce our guest speaker, and then he's going to go, go ahead and uh, and speak to us tonight. So our guest speaker is Brother DJ Hill. He's the Director of Promotions for UPCI Youth Ministries. We're so honored to have him with us tonight, and uh, he's going to speak to us. He made a joke and said to me about 8.48. So I know for some, some of y'all are joining from Central Time. I'm Eastern Time, so 7.48 Central Time, and said, I'm going to be on in about 12 minutes. And I so I thought to myself, my man, we're going to be late. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> then I realized he meant 12 minutes right at 8 p.m. So Brother Hill, my friend. And well, thank you so much, Amani. You're doing a great job with this monthly call. Um, the, the resource here is invaluable. It's so incredible. And then I see Seth Boyd, a dear friend of mine, incredible job leading P7 Nation. Uh, I love, I love P7. I see a couple other friends. I'm going to try to shout out a lot of you uh People who cameras are on, I'm better with faces than names. Brother Nathan holding it down, Kansas City. Love and appreciate you, the value you bring to youth ministry. I see some of my Georgia people, the Sweeney's, the Robinsons. I love you all so much. I miss you all. And I cannot wait. December, I will be back in Georgia. It's going to be an incredible time. Olivia, AYCLA, uh, incredible time. I found out today where I'm going next year for uh, AYC. So we'll maybe slide that into the group chat with all of our friends. And then Bianca, all the way down in Florida, uh, just a blast. Uh, we got to minister together at a P7 CMI Summit. Incredible, anointed young lady, woman of God, and uh, it's an honor to see you as well. And then to everybody else that's here, um, you've probably heard it a lot, but you are amazing. You're a world changer. You're unlocking your faith in your middle school, your high school. You're bold. You're stepping out in faith. And honestly, you're, you're a hero of mine. Uh, I got in, back into church a little bit later on in my teenage life. And so I never, I never taught a Bible study in my local high school or even middle school. And so uh, for you all to do this, it's just incredible. And I, I just want to affirm you that you're incredible, that you're doing a great job. Keep it up. There's people depending on you. If you go on the Youth Ministries Instagram and Facebook, you'll see different stories of people like um, Andreas and a couple other people whose lives were changed directly because of Project 7 Bible Clubs. Um, and the, the, the people who are now in Bible colleges at IBC and Urshan and CLC, TBC, ABI, all because they were saved due to a Project 7 Bible Club. And now they feel a call to be in ministry, whether it's singing or preaching or uh, anything else. And so that's incredible. Keep it up. You are changing eternity. And uh, God laid Acts chapter 8 on my heart really for tonight. And uh, we can ask a bunch of different questions later. So if you come up with a question, just uh, message it to Amani or the P7 Instagram, and uh, he'll make sure to try his best to facilitate those. But uh, I am really excited to talk about Acts chapter 8. We read about this guy named Philip. Philip is just 
this great guy. He's in Samaria in verse four, and he's scattered abroad due to persecution, and he's preaching the word of God, doing a great job. He preached Jesus Christ under them in verse five. In verse six, people started to listen to him and they were obeying what he was preaching about. And they started seeing miracles and unclean spirits were cast out. Many people with palsies and other sicknesses that were lame were healed. And there was so much joy in the city. You know what? You're a lot like Philip. You just being there, you're salt and light in the world, like Matthew 14 declares. You being in your school, you are bringing joy to the student body, to your teachers, to the staff, to the principal. Why? Because you have the word of God. You're not like every other student that's going to gossip or talk bad or cause trouble, but you are a Project 7 missionary. You are literally changing the world, and you're being like Philip. You're bringing great joy to the city. I know more than just a free Chick-fil-A or donuts or occasional Project 7 hoodie or beanie or even the fanny pack that you give away for free and people show up to it or the gift cards. That, that brings joy. The free breakfast, that brings joy. But more than any of that, you just walking in the power of the name of Jesus brings joy to the city. You know that, you've heard that, you're going to hear that time and time and time again at camps and youth congresses and on other calls, you're going to realize that you're bringing joy and you're doing a great work. However, I didn't feel like to go just that direction. I felt really to continue to read in Acts chapter 8 the story of Philip and bring a little bit of encouragement because what I've learned is I love teaching Bible studies uh, uh, Dylan Robinson and Maddox knows one of, I call him my disciple because that's what Paul would call people he uh, taught. And Kevin Jones, he's now this last Sunday, he ran media, the lights for the very first time at our local church back in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a year and a half of every week doing a personal Bible study with him. Yes, I was a preacher. Yes, I was doing all that. But every week I had to be consistent teaching Bible studies. Well, there were holidays or times on vacation with my family, but we made sure to, to FaceTime and every week we would talk about the word of God. Even this past Saturday, Kevin and I spent 30 minutes just catching up, talking about ministry and the missions conference that's happened in Atlanta West and the ministry that he feels called to. And so I wanted to encourage you. Yes, you're bringing joy to the city. You're bringing joy to your middle school, to your high school. However, Philip got called away from the joy of the city. And it seemed like he was getting called to something so small, something so insignificant, but it made such an impact. Sometimes we want a group of 70 to show up. We want a group of 20 to show up. We want our principal to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I pray that that happens. Miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow those that believe. However, in the meantime, when we feel like we're doing the insignificant or the small thing, or there's only one person that shows up, and it's only because they're our friend, or it's only because they go to church to us, what are you and I going to do then? When we're doing our best to connect and we're giving out food and we're giving out merch, P7 merch, and we're, we're passing out so many cards and we're doing our best to bring joy to the city and we feel like we're not getting anywhere, what do we do then? We find in Acts chapter 8, I know I just blew through those scriptures where he was in Samaria because I want to focus on the latter part of Acts chapter 8. In verse 26, the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, uh, the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. So you're going to leave the revival of Samaria. 
where there's joy in the city, the miracle signs and wonders. You're going to leave your local youth group and you're going to go to a desert called your middle school and high school where you might be the only apostolic, where there's so much craziness and confusion. You might be in a homeschool co-op. You might be at a Christian school. You might be homeschooled and you're teaching a Bible study in your neighborhood. Regardless, all of it's the same. It's a desert. There's not life there. There's brokenness. There's hopelessness out in the world. And God has called you to start a Project 7 Bible Clubs. And you're seven years from middle school and high school, three years of middle school, four years of high school. You have seven years to unlock your faith. But it's a desert. Brother Amani, I'm doing my best. But, but Brother Nathan, I just, I'm in a desert. So what does Philip do? He arose and he went because we're called to follow what God tells us to. And he saw a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge over all her treasure. And he came to Jerusalem to worship. So Philip leaves a revival and he sees this eunuch, this person with a broken past, a person with no future, no hope in a future. And he, he has leadership and he has these qualities because he serves under Candace, the queen, and he's over the money. And he's coming to worship. He's hungry for something. And there's all kind of other religions. And it's a desert. But yet he's hungry for something. In verse 28, and he was returning. He was sitting on his chariot. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join yourself to the chariot. If you want to unlock your faith, if you want to make an impact, you got to get near people. You got to sit near the student that might not be like you, that might be weird or a little different, that's sitting alone in the cafeteria, or maybe the kid that's sitting in the back that's not as good in math or in science as some of the other kids, or maybe in your your Baptist uh, Christian school that they feel like they have all the answers and yet they really realize they're missing something, but they put on a mask and act like everything's okay. You got to go near to people who are confused in their identity and the passed from their life and the sin around them has broken their hearts and, and shattered their minds in the way they view the world. You got to be like Philip. I got to be like Philip. If I want to reach my neighbor, Bob, I got to go near to Bob. I got to spend time with Bob. I can't just be a preacher in my house and be content with this house and me and my wife and my daughter, we do devotions and my baby girls learn how to raise their hands and how to clap their hands. I can't be content with that. I got to go near And it might feel like the desert, but I got to go near. Wherever you're at, you don't have to unmute, but just say go near. You got to go near. And so Philip ran thither to him. He ran. So then not only is it you got to go near, you got to be close. Shepherds smell like sheep. P7 missionaries smell like salt and light in the world because you're close to people. But then not only that, Philip had to run. He had to work at it. It wasn't just handed to him. God has given you the anointing. He's given you the word of God. He's given you so much, but you have to work at it. You got to build connections. You have to meet people on common ground and then lead them to holy ground. So you got to get near and then you have to run or you have to work to continue to grow closer to them. And he heard him reading in verse 30, the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I accept someone should guide me or teach me? And he asked Philip, he desired of Philip, will you come and sit with me? I, I want to learn more. I'm, I'm hungry for God. You've gotten near to me. You've worked to get close to me. And now I'm asking you for help. 
You've met me on common ground. We've talked about the Braves making it to the World Series. We talked about a funny, appropriate meme. We've talked about sports or something going on, or we've talked about that our high school football team won their game, or that I'm learning uh, percussion and band, or you know, I have this new bag or these new shoes or whatever it is. We've, we've met on common ground, but now I need you to lead me to holy ground. You've gotten near, you've worked, and now I'm, a, I'm ready, I'm available for you to really teach me something. I'm open and available. In verse 32, it says, and the place of the scripture which he read was this. He's quoting Isaiah, the Old Testament, verse 32. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. And his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray you of whom is the prophet Isaiah speaking of? You've done all this work to connect with me. Who is, who is the prophet talking about? Who's going to die for the next generation? What is going on? Is he talking about himself or another man? Then Philip opened his mouth. And I love this part of verse 35. Philip opened his mouth and began at that scripture. He began at that scripture. He met him at the point of his need. So let's pause. Brother Seth, I need you to unmute for me, all right? P7 leader. I need you to do, Bianca has seen me do this one uh, point before. Give me a crazy uh, prayer request. You, you're, you're at my P7, you have a crazy prayer request. The crazier, the better. You're muted. Can he unmute, Amani? There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Lord, let me raise a let me let me get an eleven million dollar blessing so our church can be just paid for. All right, eleven million dollar blessing. Well, brother Seth, can I pray with you? Yes, sir. I pray right now that brother Seth will receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. Wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> I have to meet you where you're at. I can't. If you praying, my dog's leg is broke. I pray that Seth receives the Holy Ghost. <laughs> what? But his dog's still limping around. You have to meet him at the point of their need. I've, I've worked so hard to meet you on common ground, but now I have to lead you to holy ground. And so how I would pray for Brother Seth is, God, Brother Seth has a need. He needs $11 million to help pay off that incredible church. I pray that you'll open up the doors for him. God, pray that people will give and will be blessed and will in turn give and that companies and businessmen from around the community will just feel compelled to give. And I pray in the meantime that Seth can trust the process, that he can lay his life in your hands. And I pray that he realizes that through your spirit, he can have grace and strength to be able to continue to trust in you. I pray that Seth gets hungry to receive your spirit. And you saw how I got there, but I had to meet him where he was. I couldn't just jump all the way to the Holy Ghost. I had to pray for the $11 million and his broken leg of his dog, Chucho. I couldn't just pray for the Holy Ghost. And so the same is true for you. So Philip, he did this. Philip didn't just talk to the eunuch and said, oh, Chucho has a broken leg. Well, let's pray for the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody. Ah! No, Philip began at that scripture began at that scripture what scripture is he talking about he's talking about isaiah 53 verses 7 through 8 isaiah 53 7 through 8 says the same thing and and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and then so on and so forth 
he began at that scripture and started to preach Jesus to him. Now, we're going to do just an overpass of Isaiah. You don't have to necessarily turn there. Isaiah 53, verse 5, it's the sin-bearing Messiah, that he was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. In, in chapter 54, he's talking about a covenant of peace. Now that the Messiah has died and has been led like a lamb to the slaughter, the Messiah now is going to bring a covenant of peace between his people. Verse 55, there's an invitation for his people to have abundant life. And then in, verse, in, um, in chapter 56, the invitation is extended. More than just the Jews. In Isaiah 56, all of a sudden, the invitation to covenant is extended because Philip understood. He began at that scripture that the eunuch was reading, and then he continued to preach Jesus throughout scripture. Isaiah 56, verses 3, it says, Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree for the Lord said unto the eunuch in verse four, if you obey my word and choose the things that please me, take hold of my covenant. I know it seems like it's only for the Jews, for God's chosen people. But Philip began at Isaiah 53 and read throughout Isaiah until he got to chapter 56. And when he got to chapter 56, he quoted that scripture and said, no, even the promise is for the eunuch, for someone like you with a broken past. I've worked hard to get near to you. I've worked to grow our relationship. And now there's an opportunity. After we've prayed for Chucho, now it's an opportunity for me to preach Jesus. You have an invitation for your life to be forever changed. And as they went their way, they came into a certain water in verse 36 of Acts chapter 8. The eunuch said, see, here's water. What's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with your heart, you can be baptized. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is a one true God. Verse 38, he commanded the chariot to stop. They went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip and the eunuch saw him no more. He went his way rejoicing. And Philip continued to preach in the cities till he came to Caesarea. So P7 nation, you've known time and time again that you're going to change the world. You've heard it preached and prophesied. You felt the call of God. You're going to do great things. But what happens when there's not 17? What happens when there's not 80? What happens when you're not in a gymnasium and there's an auditorium full of people? What happens when there's only one or two or three or four? What do you do then, Philip? You get near to them. You work to build that relationship. And then afterwards, you meet them at the point of their need. You take them from common ground to holy ground. Brother Gleason says it this way. You make a sinner into a friend and a friend into a disciple. Well, I want a revival. I want to see the miracle signs and wonders. I want the principal to turn around and cancel school and everyone's getting baptized in Jesus' name. I would love for that to happen. Tag us, tag youth ministries, tag P7. Let us know. We'll come and bring cameras. We want to hear all about it. However, however, until it happens, until God does the miraculous, he wants to know Kinsley, Ashley, Adrian, Chelsea. He wants to know, Molly, are you going to give your all for the one? Philip, are you going to go to the desert in the middle of revival? And are you going to get near to people that are hurting and broken and reach one? 
I love what my pastor preached one time. He talked about the woman at the well, this broken woman with, with five men. And then she was dating her sixth and just, she came in the middle of the day because no other woman was there and she was the outcast. And so she didn't want to be talked about. So she didn't go in the morning when it was cooler or in the nighttime to get ready for bed. She went in the middle of the day when it was hot and she had to carry that water throughout the village because she didn't want anybody to know about her. And Jesus ministered to her. He met her where she was and then led her to holy ground. And because of that, her life was forever changed. And then that woman went back to the city and she preached Jesus. And the Bible said dozens and dozens and dozens of people became followers of Jesus because of one. Because of one. The eunuch went back to Ethiopia. He went back to Candace, the queen. He went back to his friends and he started to share with the other eunuchs, the other people from a broken lifestyle. And he said, you know what? Beginning at the scripture, it's talking about a God that's going to die for our sins. That's a Messiah that's going to come and save us. But it's not just for the chosen people. It's for the eunuchs. We have an invitation. We have an invitation to have life forever. And it all happened because some guy left a big revival. He came to the desert and he talked to me. He talked to me. The reason I ministered to Kevin and the reason I'm doing my wife and I were connecting with our neighbors and we want to see them saved is because once someone did that for me, because I was on the outside, I was broken. I didn't have hope, but someone spent time with me, not, not a miraculous revival. And we have that. We have this and that I believe in both. You don't have to choose one, but what happens when you don't have the 80? Because in reality, you're not always going to. Are you willing to give your all for the one? For the person in the desert that's depending on you, Daniela and Tabitha, Brother Noah, Tavares, are you going to go to the desert for the one, Allison, and Laney, Elijah? Are you going to go find the one? Have revival, do great things for God, do the assemblies, do P7 youth rallies on Friday nights and invite other schools and do your best to bring in a speaker. Let your pastor or youth pastor preach, hand out Chick-fil-A because that's God's chicken. Give out gift cards and P7 merch. They got new fanny packs and hoodies and shirts and beanies. Do all that stuff. But what happens when all that feels like it's so out of reach? Are you gonna sit down in the cafeteria eating cardboard pizza and that weird fruit cocktail that always has just that one gray grape on it. I don't know why grapes are gray. And the occasional red cherry. Are you going to sit down and talk to somebody and just love them and help them in the desert? Well, they're different. They're broken. Well, I'm at a, I'm at a private school or I'm, I'm a homeschool. Are you going to do your best to go to the desert and reach one? I wonder right now if you'd close your eyes with me right now. Before we have question and answer, I just want to pray blessings over your life. God, these students want to do great things for your kingdom. And as awesome, God, as the call of God is, one of the best parts of that call is reaching one. When Kevin Jones received the Holy Ghost that Sunday, God, my world felt so much joy. God, I love to preach. I love to be on this Zoom call. But if I got sick or something happened, there was other qualified, great people that could have got on this Zoom call and taught. 
But who's going to reach my neighbor? Who's going to reach the next Kevin? Who's going to reach the people at my school or at my job? If it's not me, then who? I pray for each student that they get a hunger, not just for the miraculous, not just for the big events and the big things. And those things are great. We're going to do those as well. But more than just the big public things, I pray that they can also fall in love with the private things, the small conversations, the things that seem so insignificant and so small, like it's not really making that big of a difference. I pray that they can learn from Philip and they can go to a desert and they can just love. They can go near to people and they can run. They can work to build relationships. And then through those relationships, the word of God will be asked about and they will be trained and they'll be studying and doing personal devotion so that they can study to show themselves approved. A workman needed not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And they can articulate the word of God. They can give the word of God and explain it to people. And that people's lives are going to be changed because they were willing to do the small things as well as the big things. And there's great things in that, in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Matthew that if you can handle the little things, God will give you the big things. If God can trust you with a broken person in the desert, then God can trust you with a P7 rally. If God can trust you with that person in your science class, then God can trust you with the school and an assembly. If God can trust you to be faithful in prayer, then God can trust you to pray over the football team or basketball team before every game. If God can trust you to live according to his word and to know his word, then God will trust you to begin at that scripture and preach Jesus to one, to 10, to 100. But it starts small. But this generation doesn't like small. We like fast food. We like fast internet. We like everything fast. But sometimes it doesn't always come fast. And when it doesn't come fast, what we're called to do is to go near to people. We're called to work at the relationship. And then when the time comes and they start wondering about the word of God, we meet them at the point of their need and we lead them to the cross. And when we do, there's going to be joy in the city, just like Samaria. We're going to have revival, but sometimes revival isn't always thousands. Sometimes it's one, and then it's 10, and then it's 100. So let's follow the example of Jesus. Love the one lost sheep. Find the one lost coin. Go and return the prodigal son back to a right relationship with Jesus, because that's how you're going to change the world. Because before you know it, you thought there was only one, but then there's going to be 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 and your world's going to be forever rocked and people that you're teaching a Bible study to that you went and got near and you worked to get close to, they're going to be going to Bible colleges. They're going to be evangelists and pastors and music ministers and videographers and photographers and media team and ushers and hostesses. They're going to be doing great things for God because you got near them. You worked at the relationship. You met them at the point of their need and you led them to the cross. So do great things. Do great things. Brother Armani. What an outstanding message we just heard. If Wow, that's powerful. I hope people t- took some notes and were tagging P7 clubs in these clips and 
putting these together. I love that example you did, Brother Hill, with Brother Boyd there. That was amazing. Um, we're going to get into some Q&A here. So let's type it in the chat if you got any questions for Brother Hill. As you were talking, bro, I my mind went to Acts 3, uh, one of the most we preach about the sermon, uh, the the story so much of the lame man. We forget the fact that he was just a lame man. He was one man. And Peter and John spent enough time to yep. pause and reach that one man. And because of that, we have a great miracle in the book of Acts. And so yep. what's so powerful? If we Sometimes we can overlook things we think is lame and miss out on that one person, those two yep. people that would change the world. Brother Hill, let's do this for your first question. Again, if you have any question or piece of you can just type it in the chat. We'll ask um, 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 Brother Hill, any question regarding P7 or outreach or anything? Our director is also on tonight. If you have any questions for him, you can type them as well. But Brother Hill, you mentioned here the fact that the reason why you're here tonight is because somebody reached out to you. Could you kind of share your your journey, your ministry journey, and and how that went with you? For your yeah. Journey? So my family and I, we we uh, were in church when I was younger. And then at the, around the age of eight, tragedy struck my family and uh, chaos just followed and divorce happened. And so for years, we, we really weren't going to church faithfully or consistently. I would go for gym nights and just to have fun. But that was about it. At the age of 16, I decided to go uh, to youth camp and Brother Luke Levine preached and just put me in the carpet. I prayed through uh, later that week. I felt a call to ministry. And then I uh, went home and started to serve at my local church, felt a call to Urshan College. I graduated from there, then evangelized for a year. And then uh, afterwards, I became the evangelism pastor at Atlanta West Pentecostal Church, where I was at for five years. Um, and so uh, what really happened was I was just broken at the age of 16. And there was an older guy named Josh Wilson that we would multiple times a week, we would spend time together and he would just invest in me. And because of that relationship, I kind of uh, got closer to the church, closer to God, and kind of had a home away from home. That's great. That's so great. One person making an investment. You know, we, we cannot overlook that investment of that one person. Um, if you've got any other questions, let's type it in the chat here. A question's come in already. It says, um, would, I've never actually heard this one before. Would there be anything wrong with doing a, just a P7 club just for girls, like an empowerment through Christ deal is what the question says. And other questions, let's spam them in the chat here. But So would there be a problem um, with having a P7 club just for girls? Um, and I'll let Brother Seth uh, chime in as well. I don't think it's necessarily a problem. It's not like, is it right or wrong or can I not do this? Um, obviously, in our local church, we have ministries that are unique to certain groups of people or certain uh, demographics. For instance, we have children's ministry. We have youth ministry at uh, my local church, Atlanta West. We had an African national uh, ministry for first or second generation immigrants. We have a Spanish church. So I, I think that's acceptable to have groups. However, you want to ensure while doing that, and I think I think that would be good because you could reach a lot of young ladies, a lot of girls, uh, that you don't want to be include, uh, exclusive as well. You don't want to only reach for girls. So if there's a way you can do this and that, I think that would be great. Uh, so for instance, maybe, and it might be a little bit more work, but maybe you do 30 minutes with everybody and then you dismiss all the guys and then the girls have like a 15 or 20 minute session alone with themselves. 
or maybe you split it one day is everybody and then one day is girls alone or maybe it's everybody and then once a month all the girls meet at a at starbucks or at a ice cream shop or at the mall or at someone's house if it's appropriate and all the girls meet together separately rather than being um exclusive because anytime you're exclusive uh, it, it's it's not that you're trying to be divisive or divided. That's not what I'm saying at all. But um, if you're exclusive, it, it shows that's what the world's doing. The world is saying these people look differently, so they have to be separate. These people are different genders. They have to be separate. These people vote differently or they have different political preferences. They have to be separate. I think it's okay to try to reach people like you. So, Bella, uh, if you want an all-girls P7, I think that would be a great uh, thing to bring empowerment through Christ, like Deborah, an incredible judge of the Old Testament, and Ruth, and Esther, and uh, even some of the New Testament women that did great things. However, if you only reach girls, I don't think you're truly fulfilling the whole gospel of Jesus Christ, because the whole gospel is for everybody. So, Brother Seth, does that kind of, you want to chime in there? It's perfect. Yeah, there's, there's, I've seen a couple of instances where I know there's a Lutheran school uh, that was, um, <clears throat> they had every, all the clubs had to be segregated and that was their private school rules. Um, and so it is, you know, it is what it is. So she led a, an all girls P7. I also have seen all boys Catholic schools. Guess what? It's going to be all boys P7 club. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree hundred percent, you know, try to be as inclusive as possible. We've seen a lot of instances where there's a girl, uh, P7 leader and has won other guys or vice versa. Um, and so you want to be as inclusive as possible. Love it. Awesome. Wow, these are great questions. We got a lot coming in now. Uh, yes, the Braves will not sweep. I'm not a Brave. <laughs> Get that one out the way, brother Nathan. <laughs> um, so I got some privately and some publicly. I'll just pick some randomly. We'll, we'll hit them all. Um, here's one. How can we keep our purity in this social media society? That's a good one. That's a great question. So uh, delete Snapchat because anything that's meant to be erased or kept private is an easy way to not keep your purity. So delete Snapchat. Uh, I would give your youth pastor, if your parents aren't in church or even your parents, your password and let them have your social media on their phone. I would turn your phone in at nighttime and let it be charged in your parents' room. Um, I would say subscribe to covenant eyes which is a uh, filter to make sure that nothing impure comes on your screen but more than any of that more than any of that accountability i would talk to your parents or your youth leader not your peer your parents or your youth leader and tell them that you're struggling with purity and let them help you because i have a question half of you or some of you might be married or have kids but I'm going to pick on Dylan because I know him. If I ask Dylan, Kalea is teething. What can I do to help her while she's growing teeth, this baby? Why would I ask Dylan that? He doesn't, he's not married. He doesn't have kids. So why would I ask a peer that's never been there for advice on that? That doesn't make sense. Olivia, why would I ask you advice on buying a car for my daughter if you've never bought a car for your kid? If I was going to ask a question like that, I would say, Brother Seth, Kalea's teething, help me. And he can help because he's been there. So if you're struggling with social media, 
don't talk to your peers because they're with you in the same boat. If y'all's boat is sinking, why would you look to the guy that's in the boat with you and it's like, hey, our boat's sinking. Can I get in your boat? You're in the same boat. You need to look to the other boat and say, hey, youth leader, your boat isn't sinking. Can I get in your boat? And they'll throw you a lifeline and help you. So that's what I would say um, is delete Snapchat. Don't have your phone on on you in private or in a room alone. Don't close the door. Turn your phone in at night. Get accountable. Uh, have co covenant eyes and that kind of stuff. So good. This is this is not good. It's outstanding. Wow. Yeah, this is, wow, bro. This Some of y'all don't want to hear that. Some of y'all don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, here's another question. Oh, I saw a question saying, where to send stuff and emails on P7 stuff, brother, our director, just put it in the chat, sethboyd at gmail.com. You can send it to him. Here's another question. It's saying, what do I do if I'm getting picked on for leading a Project 7 Bible club? So someone's experiencing bullying. Blessed are those that are persecuted for my name's sake, Jesus said in Matthew. So ultimately, if you're getting picked on, that person is frustrated because most times people pick on you or pick on somebody because they're jealous or they're insecure or both. So either they want to be like you and confident enough to step out and be different or they're insecure and they've been hurt by church people, not by the church or not by God. And so they're taking it out on you. But ultimately the best thing you can do is to show love because in love, love wins. So if you're being picked on, if you're being bullied, just love. Talk Once again, talk to your youth pastor and your pastor about it so that you're not harboring bitterness or pain or hurt or getting insecure yourself or anything like that. But ultimately, they're, they're hurting. Hurt people hurt others. If you, see a, if you see Chucho the dog in the corner wounded and you try to go near Chucho the dog, Chucho's going to bite you. And so instead of just, Chucho, come here, you're hurting, or attacking back, or Chucho, <laughs> Don't do that. Instead, what do you do? You win them with love because the Bible says, don't overcome evil uh, with evil, overcome evil with good. The end of Romans chapter 12. Um, in Matthew, Jesus also said, pray for those that do evil against you. And so the best thing to do with Chucho is like, hey, get, get far away with the treat that's not plastic because that might hurt Chucho more. And you bring Chucho closer. You let him smell your hand this way, not this way and all that stuff. And then you and Chucho are best friends. His legs healed. He's no longer hurt. And he bites the intruder that's breaking into your house one day. This is really good. Right. I'll even share this on that as well. I, as a former P7 leader, um, you know, I went from, as I shared a few months ago, I was the popular kid in school. And when I started P7, people were laughing at me, making fun of me. And let me tell you, some of those same people were my friends laughing at me were the, some of the same ones getting in the water, getting baptized in Jesus' yep. name yep. when they were struggling their lives. So hear what he said. Just respond with love. There's no need to fight anybody. Let's love people and watch what God does. Here's a question I got privately. It says, um, my friend, this is a good one. My friend in my P7 club wants to get baptized, but they keep second-guessing it. What can I do? I would say keep an open door. Don't force them. Um, never bring a water ball and be like, don't do that. I, I really did pour water on myself. Don't, don't do that. Um, because sorry, let me clean all this off. <laughs> I'm, I shouldn't have done I'm ADHD and I was water everywhere. So, um, 
that's not the smart thing to do. What I would say is keep an open door and meet them at the point of their need. If they're nervous about the water, say, well, this is show them videos of baptisms in your church. We don't hold people under the water and make sure you go to heaven as soon as you're baptized. We, we take you down and bring you right back up. Well, I'm nervous about people laughing at me. Well, we can plan it with your parents, my parents and our pastor, and we can do it on a day that's not church. And so that you don't have to worry about people laughing at you. Um, well, I don't really understand it. Well, let's go to Acts chapter two, Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Joel 22, Numbers 14, Romans chapter eight, nine and 10. Let's go in the word of God and see that you're supposed to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And nobody was baptized in any other way but Jesus. So um, I would say you have to disarm them disarm them. If they're scared of water, take that fear away. If they're nervous about people laughing at them, take that fear away. If they don't understand, bring understanding. That's and awesome. Talk to your That's awesome. There's another great question here. Um, and some guy named Tavares said, not that popular, I guess, to my con. I don't know who he is, but he said something there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question here that says, hey, what is hey, your advice? Hey, Imani, he's no one. He he runs a couple of small Instagram accounts. Yeah, yeah, Tavares like Gray. I think it's just Tavares Gray. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard something. <laughs> great guy. I can't help myself. Um, here's a question. What is your advice for an older youth member supporting and leading younger youth, especially in a P7 club? So someone, an older youth member supporting a uh, young person starting a P7 club. Can I go ahead, brother Seth? Okay, so let me just tell you this upperclassmen, uh, 11th and 12th graders, ninth graders, and 10th graders think you're literally the coolest people on earth. And uh, it's there's only like one or two years difference. And those of the the freshmen on the call, they're like, no, we don't, they don't, they're not that cool. But let me tell you this upperclassmen, you have a ton of relational uh, value in, in, in like inviting someone to a club. A freshman or a, or a sophomore maybe like yo a senior just invited me to come hang out with them it, it could be you know in the moment they're they're shaking their heads no we're not it's not that cool but but those of you that are seniors let me tell you this you have so much relational uh currency with those people and so you can your influence alone can make a huge difference in the lives of people a couple years younger than you when you're you know 32 35 years old a couple years won't make a difference like whether you're 35 or 32, you're just old at that point. Um, but when you're when you're like 17, like a 14 year old could you know really look at you and say, man, that, those people are cool. So how do you make a difference? You invite, you hang out with. Um, if it's another you know student in your youth group, show them how to do it. Show them how to lead a P7 club. And when it's their time to lead a P7 club, you know you're transitioning. Make sure that you transition well. It's a whole other conversation about transitioning clubs. But when you are an upperclassman use your influence for good and use your influence to lead other people to Christ. And if it's people in your youth group, be the example of, uh, of you know, where they can be when they're a senior, when they're a junior. Um, so that's a quick answer right there on that one. Yep. What's rewarded gets repeated. So reward them, affirm them publicly, celebrate them, help them, encourage them because that's, what's going to get repeated. Awesome. Here's the one. It says, it says, as a girl P7 leader, this is good as well. How do I invite guys to my P7 club in a non-weird way? All right. So, uh, Jill, I don't see your name anymore. Did you jump off? Okay, there you are. So, uh, so Jill, how old are you? 
14? 14. All right, Jill, there's this big service coming up in 2023 in July. It's called North American Youth Congress. I would love for you to attend. I don't know if you've ever attended. It seems you're 14, so you might have been able to go and sneak in before if you were 12, but I would love for you to be able to come. Did that seem weird to you? Yeah, so it, it's the same thing. I, I know it's a girl and it's a guy and I'm not a girl, so it's a little bit hard, but you just be open and upfront and uh, you don't, obviously you don't look like that kind of girl, but I'll just answer everybody. Um, but don't like flirt to convert. That doesn't work. Uh, don't try, don't try to be something you're not, but just, you know what, we're having this P7 Bible club. We have a lot of fun. Uh, there's different friends that come and, you know, we have food or we don't, or we do a game or, you know, we just talk about the word of God or whatever is unique about your club and just highlight that and not try to highlight, uh, that you're a girl. You know what I'm saying? Don't like, don't walk up and be like, I'm not trying to date you. I don't want to marry you. Can you come and be saved? You're like, that's, that's not the move. So it, it just be friendly, you know? That's a great really question. Good. That's a great question. That's really good. Here's another one. Um, being a freshman as a P7 leader, how can I reach upperclassmen? That's a really good question. I actually dealt with a young person with that today. Brother Hill, you want to answer that? Yeah, so uh, how to reach upperclassmen. And Brother Seth, raise your hand and jump in if you'd like. Um, I, I would say it's the same thing. You have to meet them on common ground, get near them. You have to work at the relationship, and then you have to meet them at the point of their need. So for upperclassmen, they're a little bit weird or awkward. Like you're weird or awkward to them, or you're fresh meat, or you're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, y'all both might like the same sports teams. For instance, you know, I don't know why, but Seth loves uh, Green Bay Packers. And so – he can connect why. with other he can connect with other Green Bay Packer fans. And in that, whether they're 50 years old or whether they're eight years old, if they're cheeseheads, they can just be like, hey, we like cheeseheads. You know, we're cheeseheads. Let's go. And you talk about Brett Favre and how he's not as good as Tom Brady or, you know, any anybody like that. Or uh, and then in that, I'll put that flag down. Hey, yes, you, let's go. Can you, can you flag uh, the Nikki Sweeney one and like mute, <laughs> like just, just take them out of here? <laughs> let's go so you just meet them in their connections for instance um adrian i wear glasses too i wear contacts because uh i often break my glasses do you ever have that issue you don't how long have you worn glasses just hold up a number of fingers because you're muted 10 years nine years how old are you now like 17 Boom, 17. So since seven, I literally wore glasses when I was like nine. So I'm 29 years old. He's 17. Where's a 12 years difference? But now me and Adrian both connect on the same thing. Before we were 10 years old, we both got glasses. And so now we can talk about glasses and sometimes how it's annoying. Don't roll over or they break. And I hate going to the eye doctor because they're like one or two, three or four. And I don't know what they're talking about. It all looks the exact same. And now a 29-year-old is relating to Jason, to Avery, to Olivia, to Adrian, all because we met on something common. So hopefully that helps answer your question a little bit. That's really good. And also like, don't make uh, the goal to reach upperclassmen. Like that might just be a byproduct. And so immediately reach the people that are closest to you, like, like brother DJ was talking about. And so a lot of times that's going to be, if you're a freshman, 
reach out to the freshmen. Those are the people in your classes, the people that you know. And if you happen to um, just like make, so I was in choir class when, or I was in choir when I was in high school, big choir nerd here. And so all of the, the, the club or all of the uh, classes hung out together in the same choir. And so there was a natural opportunity to hang out with other, uh, you know, with other people of different um, classes. So don't make it that, that your primary goal, just make the primary goal to reach out to people next to you. Uh, uh, Imani, I saw a question here. Uh, what do I do if there's other, um, if there's other Christian clubs in my, I saw that too. I just want to address that really quick. Uh, first of all, if there's other Christian clubs like fellowship of Christian athletes or first priority or other piece or other, um, Christian clubs, first of all, I want to tell you, they are not your enemy. Let me repeat that. These people are not your enemy. These are not the, the enemy that you want to target and try to beat up their club. And our club's going to be better than your club. And we're going to take you down. That's not your enemy. Jesus said, if anyone gives a cup of water in my name, they're trying to do the same thing you're doing. Ultimately, they're trying to do the same thing you're doing. These are people that are on the same team. They may not have a different, you know, they may have different doctrinal beliefs. They may have different standards. They may have different, but at the end of the day, they're trying to point people to Jesus. That's what you're trying to do. And so partner with them as much as you can um, and, and attend their club. If you want to invite them to attend your club. Here's what I would tell you to do though. Differentiate your club. If they're going to have a Bible study on Tuesday morning, don't have a Bible study on Tuesday morning. If they're going to meet on Thursday afternoons, pick a different day and a different time uh, because ultimately your school, whether it's 2,000 people or, or 40 people, it doesn't matter. Not everyone that wants to go to a Christian club can go on the same day. And so they may, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athletes may meet on Tuesday mornings uh, because that's when the athletes can be there. Guess what? You know, P7, the, the, the scope is going to be much bigger than just athletes. And so uh, have it on Wednesday afternoons or Wednesday during lunch or uh, another time to differentiate your club. And if theirs is going to be, you know, just a Bible study and they, and they leave, do a Bible study and discussion or community service, you know, make sure that your school sees that it's just not, you know, not a copy and paste of the other club, but that, you know, your club is different. And at the end of the day, it is a different club with different doctrinal beliefs. And so if it boils down to you having to pull that card, you know, we're happy to coach you through that process. But if your school says you can only have one, uh, there can only be one Christian club here, uh, the Equal Access Act um, speaks differently. I'm going to stop right there. Oh, that's great stuff. And obviously, Seth uh, put his email up there earlier. Everyone go and screenshot that, copy and paste it into your notes, or if you have an Android, whatever that is called. Uh, and so that you can email that and get clarity and help on that. Also, if your district uh, youth president, if they have a Project 7 leader, then make sure that uh, you reach out to them because that's what they're there to do is serve you and help you out. If you do have an Android, you can just start by throwing it in the garbage and going and buying an iPhone. We're Praise God. That's hey. sound doctrine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh I want to add as well onto that. I'll tell a quick story. When, when I was doing P7, there was a group. We'd done it for two years in our school. And out of nowhere, some Pentecostal Trinitarian groups said, we're going to launch our Bible club. And they weren't at the same time as us. And we're like, all right. Well, so they kept doing it. They kept doing their meetings. What ended up happening was they just ended up joining our P7 meetings. So as, as Brother Boyd said, we're not fighting against each other. We're not. But there will be a distinction to what we're doing. So 
That's great. Uh, here's a question that came in privately. It says, how do I explain to people, it's, it's good, that P7 in church isn't boring. No matter how much I hype it up, people still think it's boring. Well, our church is having a special service this weekend. I really wish you could come to it. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm going to your church. Yeah, like no one, like you got to be pumped and hype. Like you might not be an extrovert, but I don't read in the Bible where God said, well, if you're an introvert, then be an introvert. I don't, re I don't remember reading Miles Briggs or Enneagrams in the Bible. Like that stuff is a tool to help you become more self-aware, but all of our personalities are subject to the spirit. And so you got to be excited about what God is doing. Offer them what they need man, we're having a blast. Just try it out. Here's, here's a link to my church. We're not just, uh, da, 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 but we're like, Whoa, we're having a blast. Like show them videos of your church Post it on your social media and not just your political preference or uh, arguing on social media, but post the great things that God is doing at your church. And they're going to eventually be hungry for it. But once again, before you just, Hey, come and get baptized. You got to pray for Chucho. Get that in your head. We got to reach Chucho first before we get them in the water. And so in order to get them to church, first, we have to build a relationship with them. I know we want to get them to church. We want them to come to our P7 club, but it might be three, four, five, six months of just eating with them in the cafeteria before they ever come to church or P7. She's a Packers fan. That's what's going on. So I was going to ask what on earth is happening right now in Nikki Sweeney's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like secretly on zoom <laughs> don't tell anybody oh uh, this has been awesome here's another question we got we'll do a few the underground church in china <laughs> <laughs> we're having a revival man p7 nations in china let's go <laughs> no it's not really i know it's this laptop's probably hacked it's it's not okay <laughs> Uh, here's a, we'll do a few more and we'll be off. It's just, what do you do when you've had your club for a while and no one still wants to come? How can you grow your club without being legalistic or compromising? I'll take this right away. Um, relationally, you just keep loving on people and God will give the increase. All you can, you're not responsible for, for growing your P7 club. You're not responsible for giving people the Holy Ghost. You're not responsible for, for healing people. What you are responsible for is planting seeds. If you continue to plant seeds and you water those seeds, you are responsible for praying for those people, fasting for your school, fasting for you know the people that you're planting those seeds with, and God will give the increase. Yep. All right. And so if you never invite anyone, you never pray for your school, and then we complain about we don't see growth. Well, guess what? Now that's on me because I haven't done anything with it. But if we're praying every day for a school, we're taking time. Uh, to set goals about how many people we're going to have spiritual conversations with, how many people we're going to not just invite to our P7 club, but we're going to actually have like, like friendship kind of conversations with. Because if you only ever talk to people about your P7 club and you don't ask about their sick grandma, you don't ask about, you know, their math test, how they did. You don't ask about things that, that, you know, draw you closer to them in, in relationship, just, you know, being a nice human being. Uh, we don't have those conversations, but we only talk about a P7. It's off-putting. People don't want to go because they, they clearly you're only about your P7 club. Yep. Um, but if you can show people that you're interested in them and you want to love on them and just get to know them, growth will happen. 
It's going to happen. And like brother DJ, DJ was talking about, if it's one, you invest in that one, like it's like, it's the last thing that you're going to ever do for the Lord. Invest in that one person. And because that's really what matters. And if you show God that you are faithful with that one, he will bless you with growth. And I've seen time and time again, that even quote unquote, small P7 clubs, which is probably more, more normal than people want to think, uh, you know, the, the three, four, five, six, seven P7 clubs, you know, that size, when you are continuing to invest in people, you're, you're inviting other people and you're making an impact. I've seen time and time again, where people that didn't go to the P7 club reach out after they graduate and they say, Hey, I'm really, I'm really proud of, you know, what you did in high school. Um, I just, I just met someone the other day. And so they started a Bible study with someone uh, after high school that never came to P7. But now I'm interested in coming, you know, to church because I saw you're the one that was trying to make a difference in high school. And so you're making an impact, continue to plant those seeds and water those seeds, pray and fast for your school. God will give the increase. And so two things, Jason quoted Acts 247, where God added to the church daily. However, you have to think about it this way. It wasn't the local church or it wasn't Paul's church. The church is global. So it's everywhere. So literally, I, I don't know the stats, but it's somewhere a few thousand people every day are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost globally. And so you might not see it in your Project 7 or at your local church. It might only be one or five or a hundred this year receiving the Holy Ghost or being baptized in Jesus' name. But overall in the whole church, every day people are being born again. And so we're called to play our role. And what Seth said is so true. Don't let success go to your head or failure go to your heart. Don't let success go to your head and get a big head thinking it's all about you because you can't heal anybody. Olivia, you're a passionate, you're a wonderful person. Hope you can go on our AYC trip next year with my wife and I. We had a great time in Los Angeles, but ultimately you can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. You can't heal a broken man's arm. You can't put someone's family back together. So don't take credit for it. If God uses you to do it, we give him the glory because we're called to water and to plant and God gives the increase. However, when I pray for someone and they're not healed, I don't, take the, I don't take the credit for that either. I don't let failure go to my heart and feel like I'm not good enough or there's only one person coming in my P7 because ultimately I'm called to just love. And when I love, God will bring the increase however he sees fit. And once again, he might know something that I don't know that I might not be able to handle the small and so he's not gonna give me the big because if one person comes to my P7, I'm posting it. If I give a dollar to a homeless man, I'm posting it on my Instagram. Look, I'm a world changer and you're, you're making it public. And God's like, okay, so I can't give you a hundred because you're going to think that you did it. And so don't let success go to your head, nor failure go to your heart because God's judging you and not judging you, but God's testing you on both ends in success and in failure to see, are you going to give him the glory regardless? Whether you're Job and you're in the failure and it feels like life is hard, he's testing you. Or if you're like Joseph and he blesses you, are you going to still stay faithful to him after he gives you stuff? That's so good. Okay. Brother, Brother Hill, I'm going to give you the last word tonight for us, and then I'm going to make an announcement, and then we will be uh, off for tonight. So, Brother Hill, actually, before you, before you, yeah, actually, give, give us the last word, and then I'm going to give us one more now. So, stick around just after he gives um, this. If I had word. a last word, um, what I would say is you hear all the time that you're special, you're a world changer. 
That's true. But the other side of the coin is true as well. Is you're not, you're not irreplaceable. God wants to use you, but don't make it all about you. It's about his kingdom. And so the reason I say that is don't be so prideful thinking you have to do it that you're not willing to reach out for help. This incredible team from Seth Boyett leading with excellence and his team that's underneath him, Corey and Amani and so many others. And then even on the district level, your local youth president, and then even the P7 leader, and then even your pastor and your youth pastor and your parents, you have, I just named at least 15 people that are willing to help you fulfill the call of God and reach one or a hundred. Don't be so much of a world changer that you're not actually changing the world because you're too prideful because you think you're so special that you can't ask for help, whether that's in sin, whether that's in struggle or whether that's in success In all of those areas, get help. Talk to your youth pastor and your pastor because they are your biggest fans. Your parents and the P7 team nationally are your biggest fans. They want to see you succeed. So be a world changer, but be humble enough to ask for help in every area of life because that's really what's going to make the difference is if you're humble and you get help. That's so good, Brother Hill. Thank you so much for sharing this with us tonight and speaking into our lives. Last announcement I want to give everybody is, um, again, remember to go on YouTube and check this out on UPC. It's going to be uploaded there, but as well, do not forget, listen, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, if you're launching a P7 club, I don't know, but if you have not, you hear me tonight, you have not gotten yourself one of our new P7 beanies. Our director is rocking it. Right now, one of the first things someone came on and they said is, look at that beanie, <laughs> that P7 beanie. You need to go get yourself, go on P7clubs.com, click the store um, option. You got a new P7, uh, fanny packs are out there, P7 shirts, P7 sweaters. Go out, go on the website, check it out, socks and anything you need. So if you want to represent P7, do it with style, please. Let me tell you this also. There is a very, I repeat, very limited quantity of the beanies and the fanny packs. In fact, I hope we still have some on the site right now. But if you want one, make sure you go and get him like tonight. Look at those. We got, we even got the the links right in there. Go get, go get it right now. Pay for the shipping. Get it right now. There, it, it's gonna be like we may sell out by next week. Get your life together, please. Get it together. Um, what's the YouTube channel called? It's called UPCI Youth Ministries on YouTube nice. there, and you can find us there. So that will be there. Will will we restock? It depends. If we sell out like really soon, we might, but we might not. So we'll see what happens. P7 Zoom with the fam. I love this. Please share this to your stories. Let people know in your youth group what's going on. We'll be back next month. Thank you so much for joining us on this P7 podcast today. We hope that you feel inspired to unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others in your home, in your church, in your community, in your school. Uh, If you want more information about Project 7 Bible Clubs, uh, visit p7clubs.com, and we've got incredible resources ready for you right there.